This is the Fertile Mindset Podcast, where we explore all the emotional aspects of fertility to support you on your path to parenthood. My name is Sarah Holland. I'm the Fertile Mindset Coach and a mother to two children after my own fertility challenges. I hope you find all the support and inspiration you need within this podcast to carry you forward on your fertility journey towards your own successful outcome. It's also my wish that through listening to these episodes, you rediscover how to enjoy life now and live it to the full while you wait for your baby. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Fertile Mindset podcast, where today I'm sharing a conversation with another guest to the podcast, and this time it's Mel Johnson from The Stork and I. When I think of Mel, I think of the beautiful community of solo mums and solo mums-to-be that she has created. Her free Facebook group, The Stork and I Mum Tribe, is a really supportive place to be for anyone on a solo motherhood journey. The interactions and the support in there are amazing and that kind of support isn't always possible to find among friends and family. So if you are pursuing solo motherhood, I really recommend joining Mel's group. Now, Mel and I had a really good catch up recently where we recorded for her podcast first, the Stork and I podcast, and we talked about EFT and how it can be used for support on any fertility journey and specifically the journeys of solo mums. And then we recorded together for this podcast where Mel talked about solo motherhood and how mindset shifts around clarity, comparison and more are so important when making decisions, having treatment and generally navigating your way through solo motherhood. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Mel and I hope that you do too. Hello, Mel. Welcome to the podcast. It's really lovely to have you here. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. We've been in touch for quite a while, haven't we, with our kind of sometimes we have mutual clients and and women who are having support from both of us. And other times it's just really great to be able to refer people that come into my world and my community to you because it is such a niche group, isn't it? A really specialist group of women that you support. Yeah, absolutely. So I support um, single women um, who would like to have a baby but are not in a relationship and they're considering what their options are basically. Okay great and I don't know about you but I find that this is like a a growing group of women. I feel like there's many more women now who are reaching that point in their lives for whatever reason and because there are options out there there are ways to become a mother as a solo mum it's yeah it's opened up a whole world of possibilities hasn't it? Absolutely. I think it's hugely growing. So when I was in this position myself, probably about five years ago, when I was considering this, I didn't know anybody else who was in this situation. Um, So I felt quite alone, actually, in in that. But now the community is hugely growing. Um, I've actually done quite a lot of research about why it's grown so much. And I think that... um, The research lends itself to the fact that what we were looking for years ago is very different to what we're looking for now. And um, it's, you know, it it says that our expectations of a relationship are are much greater. Um, The choice that we've got, you know, it used to be probably meeting someone at the local community dance. And now it's like you can meet anyone anywhere in the world at any time at the touch of a button. So like and then it says that the more choice you've got, the less likely to make a choice you you, you are. Um, and then also resources. So 
you know, back in the day, women had to get married to if they wanted to leave the family home. Whereas now, obviously, women are independent. We've got our own career, money. Um, so we don't have to meet somebody. They have to be a great addition to our lives. And because of all of those different things, um, more and more people are struggling to meet the right person Um and meet somebody who's looking for the same thing as them at the same time um and and looking at what their options are because they don't want to miss out on parenthood just because they haven't found the right partner basically Mm -hmm, absolutely yeah and as you were speaking there it really struck me how quickly things have changed and if I think back you know to the generation before us our parents my mum was a single mum not by choice but very early on in the first year of my life she became a single mum and that was the early 80s really that I was going to school and that she was meeting other mums and other families and she said she was the only one, you know, she was the only single mum on the playground among all of her friends. And it made her feel quite different, you know, and it was it was a new a new kind of way of mothering then single mum, not by choice, but through divorce. So now fast forward to the 21st century, you know, just one generation later. And yeah, like you say, women are in a very different position now and, and able to make that choice um, if they wish to, to be a, a single mom by choice. And, and, and I guess go through fertility treatment, which is another hurdle, isn't it, as well? It's not just the decision, but then and how do I become pregnant? Yeah, agree. And I think what's quite nice is there's lots of different family forms now. So it's not, um, you know, obviously, there are still um, a lot of like the nuclear family, um, but but there's lots of other types. And so definitely, I think it's people feel less like they're doing something completely unique, um, more like there are lots of different ways families are made. And this is just one of them, um, which is which is always easier. Um, but yeah, then you take potentially quite a long time and big consideration of whether you want to choose solo motherhood as a path to starting your own family. Um, and then, yeah, having to go through fertility treatments to, to make that happen can be, you know, I hate to say the word, but a massive roller coaster. Yeah, as you say there, you know, there is that massive decision to make and for many different reasons. And I, I guess I'm used to seeing women at that stage often, you know, they'll be in my community trying to decide whether or not to, to go it alone. Maybe they were in a partnership before. Maybe it was the fertility treatment itself that kind of, you know, caused the breakup of the relationship even. Um, from your perspective, then both personally and I know the many, many women that you've supported, what are the key areas that are considered then when when a woman chooses to embark on this journey? What kind of things do they look at and think about? I think I think the first thing is the first big decision is, do I want to do this? And so, I mean, I think some people and I would say I was in this category are really clear that they want to become um, a parent and it doesn't really matter in what form that takes, you know, but they're just super clear that they'll do whatever it takes to, um, to make that happen. Um, then you've got people who are really clear. They just, that's not on their plan, you know, their life plan. They don't want to be a parent. And if you're in either of those categories, it's almost a bit easier because you're just very clear um, yeah, and you can yeah. take actions towards that. There's another category of people who, 
who are just not quite sure. Um, and they're trying to figure out, is this something that I want in my life? And it can be an added complexity to say, well, I thought I did um, if I was with a partner, but now I'm not. Um, do I still want to do this? So I think the first decision is, um, you know, is this something I want to pursue? And if we look at society, you know, I think people quite find it quite difficult to decide that they don't want to become a parent because actually everything in society um, says that success, you know, is around meeting a partner and, and having children. And, and so one of the things that I um, take people through is really trying to get clarity on, is this something that you want? Is it something that you want? no matter what your relationship status is um and then if people decide this is something they want what I do is um talk them through the entire process from we split it into three different sections the emotional side of things so lots of people feel like they have to grieve for how they thought that they would um become a parent the um you know the fact side of things so like how do you do this <laughs> what you know what are my options what treatment do I need to have how much is it all going to cost where do I go that side of things and then lastly um the more practical side of things so how do I set myself up to make this successful um what support would I need in place um how do I prepare myself um and how do I manage this process so that's the sort of three areas that I split this up and support people on that journey with there is a lot to think about isn't there when you lay it out like that you know and I can understand how if you are of the mind that yes I definitely want children no matter what um, it kind of can make that transition easier, I guess, because you've already made up your decision that you definitely will have children as a single mum and you're comfortable with that. And then it's looking at all those different factors. But it's quite a lot to find your way through, isn't it? And I guess at the same time as as we all do, and, you know, I know it's not healthy and, and supportive, but we all kind of compare ourselves, don't we, against others and what will others think and, you know, what will society as a whole think of us? And will I stand out in the playground? And what will my questions, you know, how will I answer the questions of, of who, you know, where's the dad and have you got a husband and so on? So yeah, there's so much to think about Mel, isn't there? I think comparison is a huge topic in this area. It's one I spent a, lo a lot of time on helping people work through because, um, if you spend lots of time looking at what everyone else is doing, it takes energy from what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve. But it's a really difficult thing to let go of what everyone else is doing. And there's some practical things that you can do to really focus on yourself, focus on what you want and try to block out what, what other people are doing. Because that's just a distraction often in terms of achieving what you want so yeah I think comparison is a big topic in this area that lots of people have to spend some time working through yeah and like you said there it's all about coming back to yourself isn't it and I think we we automatically go into that comparison mode don't we we don't even realize we're doing it it's just this kind of constant dialogue in our head about what we're doing what other people are doing what feels right what are others thinking but I guess if we can start to recognize that and bring ourselves back to the big why we're doing this and, you know, reminding ourselves, I guess that's helpful. Agree. And I think just being really clear what you said on what our goals are, the more 
clarity you have on what you want in your life, the more clarity that we can get on how we can get there and putting all of our energy and focus on achieving what we want, what's important for us. Um, I think that is the key because all of the energy spent looking at what other people are doing and where we are in comparison to that is taking away from us achieving our goals. But to achieve that, we need to first of all be really clear. So I think the work is around really having a great clarity on where we're trying to get to and putting all of our energy and focus on that and exactly what you said being aware when our energy is being taken off that and starting to look more into what others are doing so awareness of that is definitely the key because that allows you to make changes and to refocus on what you what you want to be doing in your life. And I know, you know, from the women that I've supported that I know have been alongside with your support as well and, and being in your amazing group and seeing women at every stage of their journey, whether they are, like you say, at that decision making place or whether they're now parenting a baby, a toddler, you know, a growing child. It's lovely how you bring everyone together and they're all kind of supporting each other. But yeah, I can see how for many, once they have that clarity and they they really start moving forward with that certainty and this is what I want, there will be hurdles, there will be you know, difficulties along the way, there's no doubt, like there is in every path to parenthood, even without the extra, you know. But yeah, that, that clarity and that certainty and that assuredness of yourself and your own decision can make such, such a big difference. I can really see that. So how, how can someone really set themselves up then if they're at that stage of, deciding or maybe they're already embarking on that solo motherhood journey what kind of things can they do to really you know make sure it's as successful as possible and I always look at success in different ways you know success is that end goal isn't it of having the baby and being the family that you visualize but also it's about taking care of yourself in the meanwhile isn't it and not losing yourself as the woman who's on this journey you know and, that, and that's all kind of great preparation for motherhood as well to take care of yourself on the journey Absolutely, because this is something that can really be all consuming and start taking over your life. And that's something that I speak to people about in terms of, are you still focusing on other areas of your life? Or has this become so all consuming that it's the only thing that you've got happening? And, and that can be really unhealthy. So um, definitely having a look at is there any readjustments that you want to do to make sure that this isn't the only focus in your life and you need to rebalance some other things that you used to do? But I think the key thing um, for people in terms of setting themselves up is support network. So if you're going through this with a partner, you've got that person to turn to and to support. Um, obviously, depending on the partner, <laughs> that's more or less successful, <laughs> depending on who they are. And actually, I do point that out to people because some people think that if you've got a partner, everything will be fine because you've got that partner to provide you support. But actually, I speak to many women who say their partner isn't giving them the support that they want. And that's a challenge in itself. So we need to remember that the grass isn't always greener. It doesn't mean just because you've got a partner, everything is easier. And I think that's a really key thing that we should all remember. But um, having the people there to support you, um, getting your, I call it your mum tribe in place. So who are you going to talk through this decision with? Who are you going to get to help you make the decision? And, and maybe that's no one. Maybe that's someone, something that you want to do completely independently. 
but um, lots of people have some trusted people that they want to talk that through. And then at every stage of the process, you know, who is there for you? Who is going to support you emotionally, practically? Um, having that support network is key. And I think one of the things that I say is, you can do this completely alone. And, and, you know, sadly, the pandemic showed us that. There was many people who had to just do this on their own. They, there wasn't anybody else that then um, could come and help them. But it's not the most desirable place, I would say. And um, maybe some people are happy doing it completely solo. But for many, and definitely for myself, it's about collecting that amazing group of people. So it's about creating your family. Your family isn't just the, the people that you, you know, that your relations um, per se, it can be all the amazing people in your life that you choose to create your family and building that around you, making you feel like you're not alone. So solo motherhood doesn't need to mean alone. That's very key for me. Solo motherhood means you're not doing it with a romantic partner, but you can be doing this with so many other amazing people who are really there for you and supporting you through this. And I think that is absolute key. I think the other thing is the financial element, you know, so a very different uh, thing, but you need to make sure that you have got the finances in place to both go through the treatment and then to look after yourself and a child going forward. And the more planning and the more saving and the more understanding of your financial situation and what you need to do to get yourself into the right place, I think that's a real critical thing um, as a starting point to get you, to set you up to be able to do this. Yeah, I can really hear how that's like laying the foundations to make this a successful journey, you know, because it's who knows how long it's going to take, you know, whether you will be able to conceive quickly or whether further treatment will be needed but knowing that actually when you get to that end goal and you have your baby in your arms and you are a single mom that that you have everything in place then to to be cared for and supported and like you say have the financial support whatever else is needed to make this um yeah a possible and successful journey into motherhood you, you talked about your support network and I, I follow your stories on Instagram now I, I just always find them so wonderfully supportive for the community that you're within um, because you share the real real issues don't you I mean I, I saw one the other day where you were just talking about going for a supermarket shop which might seem like nothing you know it might be oh that's that's not a big deal is it but when you're a single mum and you've got a little toddler who you know it's not their favorite thing to go to the supermarket if they're tired or whatever and it can make everything so much harder can't it and I know that you have um, really great support in your your mum as well don't you and friends and and so on you, you know I can tell that you you really like to share how you've built up your own support so that if you do need to go to the supermarket you've got your mum or whoever else that could look after your daughter so that it can be easy and you know much much less stressful than it would be otherwise and and much cheaper let me yeah <laughs> if I if I take my toddler to the supermarket my bill is going to be a lot more expensive than if I go on my own um but I think that the critical thing is and the thing about my Instagram um part of my reason for starting the store can I was to challenge the fairy tale that we've been brought up with. So our generation has grown up with the classic fairy tale being you meet a partner, you get married and you live happily ever after. And, and that was the conclusion of the films we 
watched, the books we read, the fairy tales that were told to us, it really is deeply embedded into us. And I didn't realize how much until I started researching it a bit more. And that takes a lot of unpacking to do because that is just what we were told happily ever after will look like. And if that doesn't happen for us, then we can feel like a failure. And what I don't want to do is unpack that and put a different narrative in place only to replace it with a different fairy tale. So I do see some accounts of parenthood, which in my view are absolute fantasy. <laughs> you know, they they just share all these amazing moments and all this, and that's nice to see, you know, it, it, but it isn't the reality. And I feel like I've got a responsibility. If people are looking at my account and trying to decide whether this is what they want to do, I've got a responsibility to show a real version of it not a different fairy tale because I don't want people knocking on my door in a few years time saying whoa this is not what you said <laughs> said mm. it was so I so I try to show a very balanced view I also try to respect my daughter's privacy you know so it's it's trying to find that balance yeah. but yeah. I think that one thing I definitely talk about is inviting people into my life to help me one of the things about the community of people considering solo motherhood as a generalization many of the women are strong independent women who have not had to ask for help maybe we've bought our own house we've got a successful career we travel on our own you know everything we do we are able to do really successfully on our own my personal experience is that with parenting, you can be more successful if you ask other people to help you with different aspects of that. It's better for me, it's better for my daughter. And getting used to be able to ask for that help can be tricky because it's not something that we've ever had to do before particularly, but the benefits are amazing. And so I would say it's hugely strengthened my connection with friends and family. So our relationship has really gone to a new level because I've been more vulnerable. I've told them how I'm feeling. I've told them I, you know, I could benefit from their help and really great friends. They just know that and they go the extra mile and so I would say it's split into two areas you've got the practical side of things and so an example of that is the supermarket like you say so if I can just pop to the supermarket quickly without having to take a toddler it's just so I don't need to have that I could take her but having the option just makes it life so much easier and then you've got the more emotional side of things. And a great example of this is I went away for the weekend this weekend and one of my friends just took my daughter to the park with her children so that I could just have half an hour of adult time to catch up with my other friends because otherwise sometimes you go and catch up with people and you end up barely speaking to them because your whole attention is um, taken mm. with the children and having someone who just intuitively knows that and says let me just give you a little bit of time to catch up that's just such a gift and I'm so lucky to have friends who will do that for me uh, but I've also spoken quite openly about the need for that and the benefits of it so and lots of people have stepped up and, and done that and I think everyone's a winner because our connections are strengthened. It's great for me. It's good for my daughter. So yeah, super important. 
Mm. It's that old adage, isn't it? This was coming to mind of how it takes a village to raise a child, you know, and and more than ever, you know, when you don't have just the, like you say, the stereotypical, perhaps seen as fairy tale partner, husband there to support you through this, um, which isn't always a fairy tale, let's be honest. Um, You know, you you have to be more proactive and and rewrite your story, don't you, and, and make it work for you. Exactly. And I think we're all responsible for creating our own fairy tales and we can write our version of that. And maybe some people are living that fairy tale life, but I don't think it's because they've got a partner like that's They've created whatever version of that fairy tale for themselves. And we can also create a different version of that fairy tale. And that's what I help people try to unpick what they presumed would happen. Um, the fact that that isn't happening, what can they have instead, which is equally positive? It's different and it's accepting that it's going to be different and creating it in a way that's equally positive. And that's certainly how I feel my life is. Mm, Yeah, there doesn't have to just be, well, we know there isn't just one path to happiness and one path to to having that family. Um, I know I I could see it when I was being brought up from with just my mum and also as an only child, that I was very different to all my friends that had siblings and that had dads at home, or if they, you know, later on in life, if they had dads in their life, but they were, you know, separated or, or, or divorced. And I was very aware how different my upbringing was, but actually I was really thankful for it as well, because I saw people falling out with their siblings and I saw parents arguing and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So I thought, you know, I love my little unit that we have just me and my mum, you know, we, we get along great and, and I just have one parent to go to. It's not confusing about, am I allowed to do this or not? You know, especially when it got to the teenage years, it was very clear cut, you know, that I went to one parent and I knew where I stood. So there are many, many ways, aren't there, to write this story. And I guess it's about stepping into the path that you wish to. And I know sometimes it's not from choice, you know, it's life circumstance, of course, that a woman gets to a certain age and starts to think like it's now or never, you know, am I going to make this decision? Um, and then, yeah, writing writing your own story to, to live the rest of your life. Now, we've touched on the emotional side. And of course, you know, that's what I'm really fascinated in Mel is is the emotional impact and also the way that our mindset and our emotions can support our journey to parenthood whatever that looks like whether or not it includes fertility treatment in this case you know or any fertility struggle should I say or not um how I'm curious a bit more about that as well you know how can we really support ourselves with the emotional side um how would you kind of advise people to to prepare themselves for for that that journey that they're on you know how was it for you as well making that decision and 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 traveling down that path yeah I think for me personally it was really difficult I struggled to let go of my fairy tale version of how things were going to be um so I took a long time to work through that and that's now why I do what I do and support other people to do it because I learned a lot and I feel like I can support other people to do that But I think how we can best support ourselves and how we can best prepare, I I split it into two different things. I think the first thing is find our tribe. So when I was going through this, I didn't know anybody else who was in the same situation. I had nobody to look at. There wasn't anyone in the public eye even, you know, so there's no role models of seeing people who've done this and are happy and are, you know, doing it in a, in a great way. 
And I think that's changing now. So there's more people now that we can look at that are doing this, that are happy. And you can feel a little bit reassured that, okay, it's not just me that's in this situation. It doesn't mean that I've failed. It is just my circumstances and I have choices and I'm, in, and I'm lucky to live in a time where I have choices, honestly. And um, let me connect with other people who really understand what I'm going through. So that can be on social media, where we can see others who are in, let's say, a less conventional family um, structure. And also, let me connect with some people in real life. So one of my passions, I call it like solo mum matchmaking um, to each to each other, <laughs> not to find that. a... Yeah. So I have connected people all around the world. And because I speak to so many people, it's almost like now a hobby. I'm like, oh, I actually spoke to a really amazing person who lives right close to you. Shall I connect you? And then if both of them are happy to be connected, I connected them and people send me messages where they've had Zoom calls with groups of people they're connected with, or they've had meetups, or they've met a person that I um, suggested to them. And the power of that community is unbelievable and I know that firsthand because I'm in it myself so um I have met people in the last two years who I am as connected with on a friendship level of people that I've known all my life because they really just get my situation they're in an exact same situation and I've made such good friendships and that for me is so important because you feel connected you feel understood you've got people there for support so I would say that one is key I think the other thing is there's lots of work that we can do on reviewing what our beliefs are and questioning them and then replacing them and reframing things so we've grown up believing uh, different things because that's what was happening at that time and things are changing and my view is we'll always look we'll always find what we look for so if you are convinced that everybody in a partner uh, everyone who has a partner will be in a better situation than you you will find no end of evidence to support that because that's what you're looking for and you'll find what you're looking for if you look for a more balanced view and, um, you know, I always say there are some things that will be easier with a partner and some things that will be more challenging, then you'll find a more balanced view of that because that's what you're looking for. So I always say to people, don't just look for the things to reinforce what you think would be better in a different situation. Look for things to reinforce what's amazing in your current situation and how you can really embrace that. And I think those two things add up to really great preparation to support yourself through this. And then lastly, just knowing what works in every other area of your life. So what is what do you use to get through things? Is it meditation? Is it talking to other people? Is it tapping? Is it, you know, whatever it might be. And then can you bring that area into this bit of your life to support you through this as well? I love that, Mel. Such practical direction there. And I'm guessing this is from day one 
when you're even making the decision you know it doesn't need to be down the road when you're already pregnant or with your baby that you have your mum friends is it you know it's any point now it's so useful isn't it to to reach out and have those connections to look at things differently to start gathering all that evidence I love that actually that's a really a really good mind hack isn't it you know because there is evidence out there to support absolutely anything (laughs) and it depends where we put our focus and what we choose to focus on that we can create a reality and, and support our decisions so that's that's really powerful really beautiful thank you so much now you talked about your community there and how wonderful it is for people to make the connections with each other and I've seen that as well firsthand in your group it's it is really beautiful such amazing support could you tell us a little bit Mel about that group and about the other support that you have and where we can keep in touch with you yeah so there's a couple of things if you go to my website which is the stalkandi.com and it's stalk s-t-o-r-k some people have messaged me with the other stalk oh like a flower (laughs) no like a like stalking someone oh my goodness there's so many stalks (laughs) I was like oh my goodness um so um yeah so the stalkandi.com and that gives you a good overview of everything that is available I've got a podcast which of course you have been a guest on I I offer group coaching courses which is for people considering this as a route to parenthood as well as those who are pregnant um we have a a course where a group of pregnant solo mums get together which is super lovely and powerful and I am just about to launch a membership site so um, a very small monthly membership to get access to talks with different people support groups uh, to to each other sessions that I run a whole heap of different things just to feel really part of that community and like you say it's from the initial consideration of is this something that I might want to do down to I'm solo parenting a three-year-old or however old, uh, what should I do? What are my challenges? How can I connect with other people who who really get it? So the whole range. Yeah, and every single step along the way. Because I think what's unique about your people, Mel, is that, you know, they don't necessarily know whether there are fertility issues as such until they start to try. Um, But it's going to involve some kind of intervention in order to get pregnant and yeah taking it one step at a time and getting the support where you need it for whatever happens so that you get to that the end point with your baby so it's really really inspiring to listen to you Mel and I always knew that you had this amazing community there and you were bringing those mums together but to hear you speak about it now I can see even more of the magic that takes place so what I'm going to do Mel is put all the links of every way that people can get in touch with you um, on the show notes so that they can check those and and join your group and keep in touch with you. Um, I would also, anyone listening um, that is at that point of either considering or or is already on that path, do follow Mel on social media, follow her stories on Instagram because it's wonderful just to start putting yourself in that world, isn't it? Um, That world of of being with a single mum and seeing how life is and imagining yourself in their shoes. So thank you for being that open and vulnerable with us about your own experience, Mel. It's really, really appreciated. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a really wonderful conversation. Thanks, Mel. I'm so pleased you're listening to the Fertile Mindset podcast. And now I would love to invite you to join us in the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary. 
The Sanctuary is my fertility support membership, which is focused on taking care of you and helping you enjoy your life while you wait for your baby. In the Sanctuary, I'll guide you through using an amazing technique called EFT or tapping, and you'll soon be feeling less stressed and more joyful. If you're not already in the Sanctuary, do come and join us today because the best time to start receiving support on your fertility journey is always right now. Honestly, it makes such a difference to have good quality emotional support and techniques that you can pick up and use yourself whenever you need them. Go to fertilemindset.com slash sanctuary to join us today. I look forward to hopefully seeing you there and at the next episode of the Fertile Mindset Podcast.